Well, hello and welcome to the podcast. I am so glad that you are here. My name is Crystal Sparks and my goal of this podcast is to help grow your faith and to help equip you to accomplish your dreams and your goals. Hey, we are going to be talking about spiritual maturity today on the podcast. If you haven't done so already, be sure hit the subscribe button so you miss, never miss out on anything happening over here on my channel. Oh my goodness. Okay. So we're going to talk about spiritual maturity. You know, um, I, I think it's interesting. We see it in Paul's letter to the church at Corinth in 1 Corinthians 3. He says, However, brethren, I could not talk to you as spiritual men, but as non-spiritual men of the flesh, in whom carnal nature pre predominates, as to mere infants in this new life in Christ. I fed you with milk, not solid food, for you were not yet strong enough to be ready for it. But even yet you are not strong enough to be ready for it, for you are still unspiritual, having the nature of the flesh under the control of ordinary impulses. For as long as there are envying, jealousy, and wrangling infractions among you, you are not unspirit you are not unspiritual and of the flesh, behaving yourselves after a human standard and like mere unchanged men. Um, here Paul's letting them know, hey, I wanted to take you deeper in this faith journey, but I couldn't you weren't spiritually mature yet. In 1 Peter 2 2, he says, uh, he echoes the same words as Paul, and he talks about like newborn babies crave pure spiritual milk so that you may grow up in your salvation. In other words, God has a plan for us. Like we are all born as babes in Christ, right? Like when we get saved, when we give our life to Jesus, we're all baby Christians. But the goal is that we don't remain baby Christians. And I think for all of us, when we think about maturity in Christ, we're like, well, what does that mean? And what does that actually look like? And even when you read through um, Paul's letters, he talks about maturity often. And he talks about in Romans 5, 4, it says endurance, fortitude develops maturity of character and character produces confident hope of eternal salvation. So maturity we see here is people being steadfast, right? Persevering through hard times, um, being consistent in whatever we're asked to do, right? In Ephesians 4, 16, he says that we grow to full maturity, building ourselves up in love. Um, I think it's interesting here that maturity Maturity looks like loving people, right? Like we can't love, truly say we love God without loving people. And I've been thinking about this because when you read through the Gospels, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, you have Jesus referring sometimes to us as children and sometimes to us as sons. And then you see that Paul does this too. He refers to them sometimes as children and sometimes he refers to them as sons. Well, there's a there's a reason why there's two differentiating terms, right? A child is somebody who still had to be cared for by others. But whenever Paul refers to them as sons, it means that they are old enough, they're mature enough to receive an inheritance, right? And you think about Hebrews 11.1, 1, Paul writes that we run that we might obtain the prize, right? Like God's goal for us is that we inherit the prize that we are able to obtain the promise that he's given us. And I think a lot of us, what happens is we get saved in Christ. Like we raise our hand in a church service. We give our life to Jesus. We pray a prayer wherever it's at. 
and then we never continue to make steps in our faith journey. And God has a plan for us. And um, I heard this by a friend of mine, and I, I love this so much that I've adapted it as my own. But there's four stages of spiritual development, and these aren't scriptural. They're just through analysis. And you can really see this play out in people's lives. Um, I've watched this since I've learned these four stages. It's been interesting to see people and their response to the gospel, to their response to, to Jesus. And you kind of see where they're at in the four stages of spiritual development. And so the first stage is this, it's the chaotic stage, the chaotic stage. This is where someone cannot love beyond what someone is able to do for them. So they love people, but they love people with conditions. Again, Paul writes um, that our love is resulting in our, our maturity is being built up in love, right? Ephesians 4.16. So the byproduct of maturity is love. But in this chaotic stage, everybody begins here, right? We, If people are nice to us, we're nice to them. If people um, do things for us, do nice things for us, we do nice things for them. Um, we want everything that God has in this stage, but we don't want to give up anything that we have. So in this chaotic stage, this is the baby Christian stage. So you, you literally picture an infant and and an infant is wholly reliant on what the adults in the house can do for them. If the adults stop feeding them, that baby is going to go hungry. If the adults don't change its diaper, it's going to be dirty. Like that baby is wholly reliant on the mature Christians around them. And I think about this, that when we get saved, all of us enter into this baby stage of Christianity. We're wholly dependent upon the mature believers around us. But God's plan for our lives is not that we stay in that baby phase, but that we will continue to grow. And there's a lot of Christians that are living their lives hurt. They feel like people are mean to them. They are keeping score. They need somebody else to clean up their mess everywhere they go. And they're still in this chaotic phase. And this chaotic phase is literally called chaos because everywhere they go, they cause chaos, right? It's because they're carnal. Paul says it here. They're carnal. What does carnal mean? It means whatever they wake up feeling like doing, that's what they're going to do that day. And so these people, um, they lead their life by their emotions, their emotions tell them whether they're going to read their Bible, their emotions tell them whether they're going to go to church, their emotions tell them whether they're going to be nice to somebody. And so God's plan for us is that we would move beyond this carnal stage and go into the next stage, which everybody goes into. And this is the rule stage, the rule stage. This is where we seek a method to follow God. And the rule stage, every single Christian, every believer is going to go through this stage. It was funny. I was talking about this with my daughter and she was like, I don't think I've ever gone through the rule stage. And I'm like, mm, have you? <laughs> um, but we all go through this phase, right? And this is the phase where we want rules for everything. We want to find out, okay, we're supposed to read our Bible. Well, where are we supposed to start reading? How much of our Bible are we supposed to read? Are we supposed to read a chapter, two chapters, 10 chapters? Um, how often should I read through my Bible? How often should I go to church? Um, how often should I serve? Like we want a rule attached with everything. And this is, if we're not careful, um, when we stay in this stage, we begin to be rigid 
and legalistic. And so a lot of Christians stop maturity right here in the second phase. In fact, a lot of people that get turned off from church is because they have come in contact with some Christian who is in a rule stage. And so these people are wanting you to abide by their rules all the time. And so they have all these rules on if you're not doing these things, then you're really not following God. And these people are super judgmental. And so when you've been in this stage for a long time, you become judgmental and critical about anybody who's not doing the same rules as you. And so if you feel like God's asked you to do something, you feel like everybody should feel that same way. And so people go through the rule stage. Even when you think about in your Bible, um, the people that Jesus was the hardest on was the people caught up in the rule stage. Who was that? That was the Pharisees and the Sadducees, right? They were so caught up in the rules that they missed Jesus. He would be performing miracles right in front of them. But they were so hung up on the miracle happening on a day of the week that they didn't think was according to their rules that they missed out on what God was really doing. And I think about this in our lives that if we stop our maturity in this role stage everything becomes legalistic and the sad thing is is that Jesus didn't uh, come into our lives and bring us salvation to bring a list of rules he came into our life for relationship and our walk with him should look like a relationship and a relationship is ever growing it's ever changing um, it's like there's an ebb and flow right Brian and I's relationship from 20 years ago doesn't look the same as today it's always changing it's always maturing right if he had rules that he had to keep every day, it wouldn't be it wouldn't be a marriage, right? It would be it would be something strange. It'd be a contractual agreement, and we don't want that as our marriage. That'd be terrible. The third stage in our spiritual journey is the skeptic, and this is when we begin to ask questions. We see beyond what is, and they no longer um, just want to be told, but they want to understand. And so we all go through this skeptic phase. And here is the scary part. If our questions aren't handled right in the skeptic phase, then we will, without knowing it, we will revert back to number one, and that's the chaotic stage. You know, it's so interesting whenever I heard these four, you know, different levels of maturity, it so, like, resonated with me. And I was like, oh, my gosh, because I remember... Um, whenever my brother and I, um, we had given our lives to Jesus and, um, we were in a home where there was things happening and, um, it was just very difficult, a very difficult season in our life. And we finally decided that we were going to open up to our youth pastor and tell him what was happening. And we just were in this place where how could a good God allow these bad things to happen to us? And we opened up to him and he just told us, you know what, this is your cross to bear. God wanted you to be in this home. He wanted you to suffer these things. Go home and like suffer well. Well, both of us decided if this is the kind of God that we serve, we don't want anything to do with him. And uh, my brother um, denounced Christ that day. And so did I, you know, I walked away from my faith. Again, both of us going into that skeptic or into that chaotic phase from that skeptic phase. And I want to encourage you, you know, as leaders, maybe you're listening to this and you have people coming to you with questions. It's our response to the question that's more important than actually what we're saying. It's the way we're saying it. 
And there was such a harshness in that youth pastor. And, and I don't blame him, you know, looking back now, 25 years removed, I'm sure he had his own life things going on and his own problems. Um, but I think it's the way that he responded that was so hard. And the problem with the skeptic phase is that we don't have an intimacy with God to ask him the hard questions. And so oftentimes these people in the skeptic phase, because they don't have a relationship with Christ, where they feel safe to come and ask questions to God. And honestly, most people haven't even been able to cultivate a way of hearing God's voice in a practical way. So they just go to people. And our response as leaders is so important in those moments that we are a safe place for people to come and ask their questions, that we listen and we don't attempt to give an answer. Like I've found as a leader that sometimes the best thing I can do is just listen without judgment. And that's truly what people are wanting in the skeptic phase. They're just beginning to stop having an inherited faith. And at this point in their journey, they're wanting to have their own faith. They're wanting to understand things for what they really are. We must remember that Jesus never rebuked Thomas. Even though we read the Bible and we call him Doubting Thomas, he asked questions that we ourselves ask. And if we would just all be honest, if you're growing in your faith, then you will go through a Doubting Thomas phase. I've had a Doubting Crystal phase. We've all gone through those stages in our spiritual development. But it's what we do in those stages that makes all the difference. And Thomas, in that moment, when he asked Jesus those questions, Jesus wasn't repulsed by him. He didn't put him off. He didn't dismiss him. He was welcoming to him. He loved him right where he was at. You know, James talks about this, that if we need wisdom to ask the Lord and he will liberally give it to us. And I think about this because I think a lot of times when we think about God, we don't think about asking him and him begrudge not being begrudging and begrudgingly answering us I think we think of him a lot of times like he's like gonna reluctantly be like okay whatever I'll do it but I love in James 1 5 it says if any of you are deficient in wisdom and I love this this word in wisdom right here it's just saying needing the answers to anything the actual word there is just needing the answers to anything. So not just wisdom, but if you just need the answer for anything, let him ask the giving God who gives to everyone liberally and ungrudgingly without reproaching or fault finding, and it will be given to him. I want to tell you that Jesus is a safe place for you to bring your questions He's okay with you bringing your things. He's okay with bringing your difficulties. He's okay with you bringing your problems, the things, the situations, the things that are happening that you just don't understand. See, I think if we're not careful is what happens is some kind of traumatic event will happen. And if we're in that skeptic phase, then we allow the event to define who God is. And so we go back into the chaotic phase, which that means that we're only going to love people the way they love us. And we're, we want everything that God has, but we're not willing to give up anything that we have. But the fourth stage that I think God all wants all of us to get to is the stage of wonder. Wonder. And then this is the stage where we are comfortable with living with the things that we do not understand. That we get to this place of spiritual maturity where we don't understand everything and yet we're comfortable in that space. 
We have things that happen that are beyond reason, beyond logic or explanation, but we're okay living with that space because we know that God is bigger than the Bible. He's bigger than what's happened to us. He's bigger than my understanding of who he is. And so in this stage of wonder, we are okay with unanswered questions. In this stage of wonder, the skeptic may come to him and and ask all these things. But sitting at the end of it all, it's the comfortableness of, can I say that? Comfortableness? I think I can. The comfortableness of knowing, you know what, God, I'm just okay with who you are. And I'm okay in the space of not having it all figured out. You know, I will say that uh, the last year in 2020, just going through um, some of the things that we went through, and I know I talked about um, my Uncle John on this podcast, but I really feel like if I wouldn't have been in the wonder phase of my Christian walk, I think it would have really taken me out. You know, Uncle John was one of the greatest men of faith I've ever known. He stood in faith, quoted the word, knew God, like I always think about him as Exodus thirty three eleven. It says that Moses spoke to God face to face as a man did his friend. I always think about Uncle John being that way. I mean, he just was so close to the Lord and watching him deteriorate right before our eyes of an illness. It was awful. And believing God to heal his body and knowing that God could. And yet sitting there at that funeral, you know, understanding that that chapter in our lives is forever ever that was so hard but yet at the same time it's that job scripture of yea though he slay me yet will i praise him i mean truly just being okay and the wonder and it's the wonder that really helped me get through that and i'm so grateful that i wasn't in the stage of being the skeptic, you know, because I think if I would have been in that skeptic phase, I think I would have allowed the circumstance to define who God is. And I think all of us can go through those times and those spaces, you know, where we do have questions and that's okay. And the questions aren't a bad thing. It's the having the intimacy with God that bringing those questions to him and being okay, getting to the fourth stage, being okay, that everything may not happen according to plan. It may not look like what you thought it would look like, but it. I think the difference in the wonder part is God is the destination, and the destination isn't the destination anymore. And I think for a lot of my life, the destination was the goal. And now the further I've got, come in Christ, I've realized that it's just being with him. I just, I just want to know him. I, I understand what Paul said to know him and the power of his resurrection. Like, I just want to know him and he's the goal. So no matter where we are or what we're going through or what happens in this life, if I know him deeper, then I'm okay with it. I just, I want to be wherever he is. And it's that wonder stage. And so I want to ask you a question. Where are you at in your spiritual maturity? Would Paul write to you that he longs to give you spiritual meat, but you're still needing milk? Or are you in the place where you're growing in your faith journey? If you're listening to this and you're like, man, I want to grow, but I just don't know how. You know, first step in growing, I think, in, in God is making space, you know, making time for him. 
whether it's reading your Bible every day, giving yourself time to prayer. I remember um, my faith journey began in my spiritual development with literally pressing play every single day. I was I had a CD player in our bathroom back in the day, and I would get a new CD from Joyce Meyer Ministries every month, and I would just hit play every single every single day when I was getting in the shower and we get a new CD every month and I would listen to that CD all month long until the new CD came in. But that's one of the ways that I began to learn God's word is just through hearing um, inspired teaching every single day. So I would encourage you, there's great podcasts out there. There's great things that you can be listening to, filling your time with, and just decide that you're going to start pressing play. Well, from pressing play, it got a spiritual hunger in me that I was like, man, I want to read the Bible and understand it for myself. And that's when I started the daily discipline of reading my Bible every day. And then from there, I thought, oh my goodness, you know what I want to do? I want to start um, praying every day. And so it's just God taking you on a journey. But I think the difference is, it's kind of like my last podcast where I talked about if it feels like too much it's because it is I think a lot of times we try to put so many spiritual disciplines all in place at the same time and I want to encourage you just start with one spiritual discipline as at a time and then as God stirs you and makes you hungry for more then step out into the more so I hope this encourages you um, I hope that you got something out of it uh, share this podcast with your friends and somebody you know that they might be encouraged by it